So if you can help with that food, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, again, also, if you can be there and help in any other way, uh, please let uh, Miss Carol and Miss Diane know, and that would be greatly appreciated as well. Again, always want to encourage you to pick up a bulletin and notice all those things going on in our church family, but also uh, those events that pertain to your age group uh, and also to the whole overall church body. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. There's a story uh, about a, a father who took his small son to town with him one day. He had some errands to run. And when lunchtime arrived, the two of them went to uh, a, a local restaurant. And they ordered a sandwich. And the father sat down on one of the stools at the bar there, uh, at the counter, and lifted the little boy up in the seat in the counter beside him. And they ordered lunch. And when the waiter brought the food, the father said to the son, Son, we'll have a silent prayer today. And so the father, he ended his prayer, uh, but his son continued for a long time. And he just sat there waiting, and finally his, his son looked up and he said, Son, what, are, what were you praying about all that time? And with the, an innocent and honesty, that child replied to his father, How do I know it was a silent prayer? There are many times difficulties in prayers, isn't there? Sometimes there's some problems in prayers and there's some misunderstandings with prayers. And I hope that as we've looked at the idea of prayer, we've learned some things about prayer. I want to share with you some things that prayer is not. Charles Hodge writes this, uh, the prosperity gospel preachers ordain prayer warriors. People are bombarded today with uh, the promotion. You can have anything you want in prayer. It is more confusing than amusing, he says. Remember that God provides. Satan only gives counterfeits. Religionists, he said, talk about God but not the biblical God. Many today have superstitious faith but not a biblical faith. Men exploit prayer, but do not have a biblical prayer. And he lists some things that prayer is not. First of all, he says prayer is not magic. It holds no mystical powers. Prayer is not a shortcut. Prayer is not selfishness or arrogance. Uh, to link prosperity with prayer is dangerous, he says. To reduce prayer to another how-to gimmick is silly. So prayer is not magic. And then he also says, prayer is not a, a cop-out. Faith in prayer is not a turn it all over or turn it over to Jesus and forget about it. Prayer is not a substitute for thought. Prayer is not a replacement for works. Too many go on prayer retreats only to return feeling good about it without doing anything about it. And doesn't that happen often in life? We go to events, we go to things, and we get recharged up, and then we come back home and we never change or we never do anything about it. He says, prayer may not make us feel good. The millions of books on prayer that drown us testify about peak experiences in prayer. And he says this, this may sell books, but it's not biblical. People in the Bible hit their knees or fell on their faces. 
They had no peak experiences there. Jesus in, uh, was in agony to death. And His sweat drops were like blood, the Bible says. Prayer should not make one feel religiously superior just because we pray. He says, I'm afraid of people who talk too religiously. Boasting about prayer is like being proud of humility. That's kind of silly, isn't it? Jesus branded such people who hid behind their prayers as hypocrites in Matthew chapter 6. You see, the reality is He said prayer humbles. And then He said prayer also can be used to manipulate. Television preachers do it daily. They ask for money and then shame you with prayer. Beware, He says. To, to sell programs or have their way, it's always tempting and handy for church leaders to hide behind prayer. Pray about it. There's no substitute for biblical authority and thought. Biblical prayer manipulates neither God nor man. Manipulation is always wrong, he says, especially hidden behind prayer. But have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered why some prayers are answered and some prayers are not? Have you ever wondered, someone's been praying, uh, maybe there's a drought in the land, and people have been praying, uh, send rain, Lord, to help these crops grow. Some people pray for sunshine and yet it rains. Christians pray for others to live and they die. Jesus and Paul prayed three times concerning specific matters and their requests were denied. Well, in that case, someone might say, well, why continue to pray if we can't get what we want? If we can't get what we desire and what we ask for? You see, that's what selfish people ask. Selfish people ask that who, who wish for blessings at the price of prayer. But remember, what's the purpose of prayer? The purpose of prayer is to seek God's wisdom, to speak to God and talk about the things that are going on in our lives. What's the priority of prayer? The priority of prayer is to humble ourselves before Almighty God and seek His will to be done in our lives and in the world. Isn't that the example of Jesus? He shared with us the priority of prayer. The Bible shares with us the purpose of prayer. Remember, we've talked about this, that prayer is, the power is not in prayer. The power is in God, the one to whom we pray to. God is a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. And we need to take comfort in that. Prayer is powerful because God listens and God works. A wise person once said, When you seek God, you get guidance. When you seek guidance without God, you get nothing. You see, we may think prayer is simple. But there's nothing simple about prayer. Regardless of how simple maybe the act is. You see, it takes time to enter in the presence of God. We've talked about that. It takes time to study the Bible. It takes time to come and it takes time to worship. And it takes time to pray. But let me mention about that. That all those are worthwhile amounts of time spent. We can spend a lot of time on a lot of different things, but if there's some important things that we should spend time on, it's the idea of, of studying the Bible. It's the idea of worshiping God. It's the idea of spending time in prayer. Someone has said we all have 24 hours a day. 
And we all have a choice of how to use those 24 hours a day. Let's be challenged and encouraged to spend our time in studying God's Word. Spend our time in worship. Spend our time praying to the good, good Father. By the way, I wanted to say about that song, uh, Bradley mentioned uh, a few weeks ago, uh, there's a link to that song. Uh, You can go straight to our website. Uh, and you can listen to that song or uh, on our Facebook page. And so I want to encourage you to do that as we continue to try to learn that song. It's a great song with a powerful message. You see, in prayer we need to remember we are talking not just anybody. Young people that are praying when we pray, our purpose is not for you to think that it's just a good idea to pray. You see, when we bow our heads, we approach the throne of Jehovah God. We approach the throne of the Creator of the universe. It's not just words spoken in the air. We are approaching Almighty God. But what are some of these problems in prayer? One of those problems is that many times prayer, or or many times man does not know how to pray. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, the Bible tells us this. Listen to what Paul said. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us, helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Paul said, we need the Spirit because really we don't know how to pray. We don't really know what to pray for. Notice in Matthew chapter 20, Verses 20 and following. I want you to notice this story with uh, James and John, their mother, and Jesus. And the other disciples are there. And they they have a request. Uh, Part of prayer is a request. And they have a request. And I want you to notice uh, what happens here. Verse 20 of Matthew chapter 20. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him, Jesus... With her sons kneeling down and asking him something, asking something from him, and he said to her, "What do you want?" She said to him, "Grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your kingdom." But Jesus answered and said, "You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with?" They said to him, "We are able." So he said to them, You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with, but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to Himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Well, there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from from this story in Matthew chapter 20. But one that we learn is, is really man many times does not know how, uh, what, how to pray. James and John had this request for Jesus. Uh, they were concerned with what they wanted and not the will of God. Uh, some of the people that I read seem to, seem to think that uh, James and John, they put their mother up to this. 
They were afraid to make this selfish request on their own, and so they put their mother up to the request. You see, they plotted and they connived trying to get their way, if that's the case. It was a childish thing to do. And an impossibility, Jesus said. It wasn't, it wasn't His place to do so. And Jesus said, listen, it could hurt others. And we'll mention that again in a minute. Think about Job. Job learned this lesson as well. In Job chapter 40 and Job chapter 42. He thought he could go in this debate with God. Why is all this stuff happening to me, God? You see, he was ready to argue with God. Then God came. And God did the questioning. And Job could not answer not a one of God's questions concerning life. And then Job repented. You see, he learned his lesson. God is God, and man is man. I'm reminded of what the writer of Ecclesiastes told his people, told his readers. God is in heaven, and you are still on earth. Keep your words small or few. Because God is God and we are not. You see, finding God and what God wants is more important than what we want. Wasn't it Jesus in the garden who said, even, even as He prayed and His sweat was like great drops of blood, wasn't it, what is it Jesus that said, Father, not my will, but Your will be done. James and John, they had to learn that prayer must not be reduced to childish request. In prayer, we must be reminded and remember that God is God. And that we must know God as who He is and who we are and not try to use God. We cannot have access to God's power without having God. The reality is that to know why some prayers are answered and others are not is to have the mind of God. And that's not possible for us to have the mind of God. It's not possible for us to, to know why some prayers are answered and why some prayers are not. You see, the heavens are still higher than the earth. God is still the Creator and we are still the, last time we checked, the created. If we believe in God, then we will pray and calmly wait and do our part. You see, the reality is man needs God, not explanations. Someone asked this question, since God is God, is it really our business to know how or why God answers prayer? Someone else said, you can hear tapes, read books, and go to prayer seminars, but you will only learn to pray when you start praying. We've made that point before. It's kind of like swimming. We learn to swim when we start swimming. We keep trying. We learn to pray when we pray. We learn how to pray and what to pray for when we pray. And the more we pray, and the more we study about prayers in Scripture. Another difficulty in prayer or problem comes because we really not usually do not know what to ask for. Uh, Jesus said to James and John, you don't even know what you ask. You're asking this or giving this request and you don't really know. Jesus, in a sense, gives them a rebuke. 
You see, we miss so much when we focus on so little in our prayers. However, there's something interesting that happens here in this text. We do see that when James and John and their mother, they come to Jesus, what do they do? The Bible says they knelt down before Him. They knelt down in a sense giving Him worship. Really showing Him who He is, the King of kings. And showing humility to the King. And then they had that selfish request. Jesus said, what do you ask? I want my sons to be able to sit at the right, your right hand and your left hand. And Jesus says, you don't even know what you ask. Because that request, it's not mine to give. It's the Father in heaven. You see, Jesus' rebuke, it was serious. That rebuke, you do not know what you ask. Their request could potentially, you see, harm others. Jesus says, really, it's not my place to give that. And it could harm others. The other disciples, man, they were displeased, the Bible says, over the brother's request. You see their selfish request, their selfish desires to be really at that position of authority in the kingdom? You see, it could have split that group of disciples, couldn't it? It could have hurt the very thing Jesus was trying to get them to do. Maybe sometimes when we're selfish in our prayers, when it comes to the church or what's going on in the church, maybe our prayers could be so selfish that it could split the church. And boy, wouldn't that be a shame. Wouldn't that be detrimental. And so when Jesus gives this rebuke to these brothers, it's serious. Someone has said, successful prayer is not what we get from God, but what God gets from us. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? But it's crucial to our prayer life. Prayer is not designed to make us feel good, but to keep us humble before God. We shouldn't always walk away from prayer feeling good. But we should always walk away from prayer knowing that we're heard. Knowing that even though maybe we don't know how to pray at times, even though maybe we don't know what to ask for, that as Christians, as God's children, Jehovah God, the Almighty, the Creator, as His created, as His faithful children, that He hears us. Someone has noted about this text here in Matthew chapter 20, that James and John were named by Jesus in the book of Mark as the sons of thunder. Time and maturity changed the way they were known. Isn't that interesting? Here, we see them being selfish. Jesus even calling them the sons of thunder. What does that mean? What do people do when it thunders? They take cover, right? And Jesus refers to them as the sons of thunders. And their selfish prayers here cause problems among the other disciples. But time and maturity changed the way they were known. James was the first apostle to be martyred. John became the beloved apostle of love. You see, we've talked about this before. Prayer can change us because prayer can mature us. 
Evidently prayer, time in prayer, and time to mature changed James and John. The Lord can change someone called the sons of thunder to them being willing to give their life or to become the apostle of love. Then God the Father, through Jesus Christ and through our prayers, can change us. It's a powerful, powerful thought. You see, here's another powerful thought. Is that the reality is, kind of like we talked about this morning, God hears, but God really knows what we need. He even knows what we want before we ask. The entire reason of prayer, Jesus would say, in Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 12, your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Isn't that awesome? But you see, God still wants us to talk to Him. God still wants us to humble ourselves before Him to ask Him. Though He knows what we need and what we want. Prayer, you see, is God's children surrendering their life to Him. Surrendering even their wants and desires to Him so that He might provide what we need. But prayer is not an automatic religious magic. You see, as someone said, God is not Santa Claus. We should not pray for the things that we are not willing to work toward. You see, I'm not sure if you were able to watch football yesterday or even today. But if you listen to those commentators, a lot of, th- a lot of times they talk about discipline. And you know, isn't it interesting that, that we cheer on and we get excited about athletes on the television And we get worked up because of the discipline or lack of discipline that they've put forth toward a game. That at the end of the day doesn't mean anything. I'm not against football. I love it. I love watching it. But at the end of the day, they talk about the discipline that those athletes put in. What about the discipline in our lives that we put in. The discipline of prayer. I don't mean, now I lay me down to sleep, and I don't mean, Lord, thank You for this food. Appreciate everything You've done for us. I mean really bowing our heads, bowing our hearts before Jehovah God, Almighty God, and spending time talking with Him. About the things that's going on in our life. Our problems, our difficulties, our struggles like we talked about this morning. They're coming. The good things. Our relationships. Our church family. The the fact that there are people dying every day. Lost for eternity. And how God might help us to change some of that. You see, prayer... Is discipline. 
For we should take comfort knowing God knows what we need even before we ask. But He still wants us to ask. He still wants us to talk to Him. You see, He wants us to realize nothing's too big or nothing's too small. Whatever your problem is, whatever your difficulties are, whatever's going on in your life, talk to God about it. I mean, He's the one that created us. He knows us. He understands us. I want to share this story in closing about prayer. How often do we ask God for the things we really have a right to? Tony Campalo was once a guest speaker at a mission rally, and when he was asked to lead prayer for a missionary and a doctor and a group that was supported, the goal of the prayer that God might provide $5,000 urgently needed for the medical center and the, uh, that the doctor ran. Campalo refused. He knew his audience was made up of people who were materially prosperous. So he declared he would pray only after everyone in the room gave to the project the money that they had on them that day. The audience was stunned. But even when Tony uh, started emptying his pockets, they knew he was serious. After some hesitation, everyone started following suit. The prayer of request soon became a prayer of thanksgiving. For by the end of the giving, they had collected $8,000, much more than was needed in the first place. Boy, isn't that interesting. That often, maybe even hiding behind prayers we talked about, oh, there's this need. But if I'm not really ready to roll up my sleeves or to reach in my pockets and work and move and act, then why should we expect God to? Prayer brings some demands, doesn't it? And yes, there are some difficulties, some problems sometimes with prayer. But thanks be to God, He's provided a helper, the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God, He's provided a Savior who taught His disciples how to pray. Thanks be to God that we have examples of prayers throughout Scripture. That we can learn how to pray and what to pray for. And discipline ourselves and practice those things on a daily basis. And practice those things with the understanding that if I'm going to pray for it, I need, I need to be willing to act and move toward it. Tonight, if you're not a child of God, it's our prayer. Will you give your life to Jesus? Will you give your life to the Lord through Jesus Christ, through faith and obedience, being buried with Him in baptism, so you can rise with Jesus in the present resurrection? so that you can also rise with Jesus in the resurrection of the last day. What a beautiful sight. Will you do that tonight if you haven't? Maybe you're here tonight and you would like for us to spend some time in prayer to Almighty God on your behalf. Maybe even asking the Spirit. We don't really know what to ask for here, but we know we have a need. Maybe it is that you have some burdens like we talked about this morning. 
that you want to share with the church, that you want to say, you know what, I need help. I've allowed myself to get in this situation. I've allowed myself to get wrapped up in this or that. And I need help. I need prayers. And I need forgiveness. Whatever your need is, please don't wait another moment. Let us be your church family. Let us go to our Heavenly Father on your behalf. Do you need to respond to the Lord's invitation tonight? We ask that you'll come to get as we stand together and sing.